0: All right, In Him, the title for today is In Him. The, we can start in John chapter 15. That's where I want to be. John chapter number 15. So this is about, uh, the story is about a vine. So I don't have too much information about how good wine should taste and how that works. But the Bible does use wine uh, quite often to explain certain things. Check this out says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So just there at that point, before we get uh let me re- finish that verse. So it will be even more fruitful. Let me read that whole verse again. I am the true vine. In other words, you have false vines. There are things that you can produce fruit from that is not God. Okay, I am the true vine. He wouldn't need to add the, vo- the word true if there weren't false vines. So the branch is attached to the vine if he is the true vine he is telling you be attached to me the true vine it is possible for you to be attached to the wrong thing in other words what is feeding you because the branch in itself cannot produce the substance that leads to fruit it gets it from something you get what produces results in your life, you get what produces that from something. What is the thing that empowers you to produce what you produce? Then you have to also question what you produce, the result of your life, is it good or bad fruit? You know a tree by its fruit. Is the fruit good or is the fruit bad? And if you, if you, if you, if you, can define that or discern good or bad fruit. Most people think that because they are successful in the eyes of the world, that that is good fruit. Not everything that is successful is God. Not everything that is successful is God. I mean, just think about the Tower of Babel. When God came down, he said, nothing shall be impossible for them. I shall confuse their speech. They were successful, but it wasn't God. They were able to accomplish things that would be, would be what, what, even the impossible would be accomplished by them outside of God, and God stopped it. So not everything that you do that is successful is God. Very often, the devil helps you be successful so that you can miss God. If he cannot stop your momentum, he'll help your momentum even pick up speed. So that if he can't stop you before you get to where you need to be, he'll give you a momentum that you overshoot where you need to be. Make sense? So he says, I am, I am the true vine. You are the branches. The branch is, you are the branch that is attached to the vine. Now he says, while every branch that does uh, in me that bears no fruit, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So there's two different things. Verse two, he cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. You're in either one of the two categories. You either get cut off or you get pruned. There's no middle. There is no middle where you just float. You just be. You you cannot be in God and just be. You either get cut off or you get pruned. Both of them feels like it's negative. It, nobody goes like, it, nobody goes like, yo, I can't wait to be pruned. Because we automatically uh, gravitate towards this, this, this definition and understanding that pruning means a bad thing. Pruning means that something is, is, is negative. We, we attach to that a negative uh, emotion. That when, when you are told that you're going to be pruned, you, you attach to that The feeling that that doesn't sound good. Can we plan it? It feels like you go in the hospital, and the first thing you go like, "Am I going to be put under uh, what do you call it? I always said narcotics, (laughs) anesthetics. (laughs) It's the same thing." Uh, And I said, "Are you going to be put under or not? Because you you want to be prepared for what was going to be. How long is the recovery period? How long will I be out? How when can I start moving around again? How long will I be?" How long is the operation? How, what's the pain level going to be? How, do, how much medicine do I... That's the kind of thing you want to discuss. If you want to we, we can't plan pruning like that. But God says, if you bear no fruit, you are cut off. I think that's much more severe than being pruned. And when we talk about pruning, what do you think pruning means? When God says to you, he who bears no fruit gets cut off, but he who bears fruit gets pruned. So what do you get for being fruitful in the kingdom of God? You get pruned. I mean, you, you you can't just be so 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 either you bear no fruit, and in time you get cut off, or you bear fruit, and inevitably, if you do, you don't want God to notice, because if He notices that you bear fruit, you're going to get pruned. So what do you think pruning means? Because if you if you just we're so clever when we read the Bible and that verse makes so much sense. It's, it's, easy. it's easy to read that verse and go like, yeah, pruning. Nice. I mean, uh, uh, pruning, pruning, it, it means to cut away. But what, what does pruning mean? I mean, it's, it's, it's using this picture metaphorically for God cutting away certain things in your life. But what does the cutting look like? What do we think the cutting is? I mean, I was trying to think about this Anywhere in the Bible, I was trying to figure out, was Jesus anywhere the disciples walking, making a mistake, uh, or, or doing something good? Jesus sees the guy casting out a demon go like, that's done well, and smacks him. I, I was trying to look for an example where Jesus was pruning the disciples. In, the, in, the, in the, A picture in the Bible, an example that could be Liken to my imagination of what pruning means. Because if we are scared of being pruned, because how many of you attach a negative? Let me just, maybe I'm wrong. Some of you might think like pruning means God gives you a shoulder rub. All of us think pruning is bad, but what example, what in your mind does pruning look like? Like does, does pruning mean like God takes an arm? Or crashes your car so that you can be more Christian-like? Do we think pruning means that Jesus um, makes you poor? Lo- causes you to lose your job. Would that make you more fruitful? Wow, that Christian, when he, when he walked through the street, he did a good deed. He, he helped uh, somebody that didn't have clothing or gave somebody some food. That's good. Let him lose his job so that he can do that more. I'm helping you think through this. What do you think pruning is? All I could find in the Bible was Jesus talking to the disciples all the time. Jesus is correcting them all the time. But here's the thing. This portion of text is a masterclass in how to bear more fruit. It's it's, it's an invitation to figure out how to be more fruitful in life. Because if we can narrow it down, our lives will produce more results. And I'm, I think we are too much surrounded by people who are so small-minded and so limited in their thinking and so intoxicated by today's culture that, that invites you to not succeed. That the moment you do, you stand out too much and they smack you so quickly down back into your position that you, you just stay on your station is the kind of mentality that we are surrounded with. People don't celebrate success and consider other people's success an invitation to improve oneself. Other people's success is an indictment on your inability to reach that and so you have to bring them down so that you don't feel bad yourself. This is is what it feels like we're surrounded by. This portion of text feels to me like it, it gives me an understanding how Jesus deals with me to produce more fruit. And if I pay attention, Jesus can help me be more fruitful. And if I can figure out the way that he does that, I know how to produce better results in life. Because God ultimately wants you to produce results. Now, I didn't didn't type down this this portion of text, but um, let me see. I want to remind you of that. Maybe I should find it. Let's see. The story of the talents the story of the talents there's, there's versions of that story the one is the story of the miners the 10 miners that was given a minor was 60 talents I think of, of um, uh, sh- I can't remember the word shillings it's not shillings, shekels 60 shekels is one minor. and there's a story of the 10 miners and it's, it's, it's shekels it's not spiritual gifts. I heard somebody the other day say, when God talks about uh, uh, blessings and um, prosperity, it's talking about spiritual prosperity. And I thought, ach, jong. Ach, jong. Ach, jong. Yo. So instead of you realizing where you are and that there's more, you're trying to, from your biased position, find scripture to support where you are so that you can stay where you are. If you read scripture from the lens and the perspective, trying to sift it for truths that affirm your current position, you're always wrong. Let me help you. You are never right. Where you are at now is not the top of God's potential for your life. Let me try and, let me, I'm going to help you. I'm just, you, we all came out this morning and it's cold and we drove all the way here. You are not functioning at the ceiling of your potential. None of you. Like, That's offensive. It's also the truth. Are you the best you? In other words, who do you think has to change? Do you th- you, if you read the scripture with the lens, trying to, to search things that would tell you you're okay, you're not reading scripture right. Because God is always moving. He's all, you'll find him in scripture. He is he, very seldom stationary. He's most often moving. And very often walking. He's walking with the two down the road of Emmaus. He comes walking on the water. They were on a boat crossing to the other side. He he, he, he very seldom find him in a city staying there. And everybody comes visiting him. He was moving from this place to that place. Going from that city to that city. He was always moving. God is always moving in your life. He is moving you to somewhere. You are never at the final destination while you're still breathing. If you were... You could find scripture that would support where you are as being right. But if you are not at the place where you ought to be, scripture is not there to tell you you're fine. Scripture is there to correct what is not right. So he, he, he doesn't, even in our portion of text, he says, he who bears no fruit gets what? Cut off. No longer attached to. Cut off. You're off. You're no longer a part of. If you have no fruit, but when you have fruit, Jesus doesn't come like, wow, well done, good fruit. Turns around, walks away, he goes, good fruit, I want more. It's as if he's unreasonable. No compliments under here. He doesn't go, let's have a party, celebrate the fruits that you have. I mean, you've done well. I mean, let's take a small break. He goes like, yeah, I want more fruit. Bring me the scissors. It's always an invitation to more. So when we read the portion of the text about the talents, the talents is not your spiritual well-being. He, he uses it. It will be like a man going on a journey. Matthew 25. Entrusted them the, his property, which is possessions. The one he gave five talents, another two to the other one. And to each according to his ability. In other words, to the one he gave five talents, to the other one he gave two talents, to the one he gave one talent. And he had to add this Words to it. To each according to his ability. So our abilities are different. While we're in a world that doesn't want it to be. We're in a world that says no we are equal. And when we are not equal. We have to give people certain things to make them equal. Which I think is, is, is stupid. To say the least. He says you are not equal so he gives to the one 5 talents and to the other one 2 talents and to the one 1 talent and it's very often the one talent guy that wants to tell the 5 talent guy that he's doing it wrong. It's never let me let me explain. We're here now and I'm awake. It's never the millionaire that writes to the church going like you just want everybody's money. It's normally the guy that doesn't have money That is writing to the church that you want everybody's money. I'm just going to read scripture to you and then you can be upset with Jesus and not me. He had received the five talents went at once. He had five. That's probably why he has five talents. He has one talent. Doesn't go at once. He has five talents. Doesn't waste time. He goes at once trades with them trades with them so mo- most people want to be super spiritual praise with them no he didn't pray with his talents he worked his talents stop praying about things you should be working on you can't pray about your personality to fix it just fix it you can't pray about your lying problem. stop lying made five talents more. That's a hundredfold increase. That's a hundredfold increase. So he also had two talents, made two talents more. hundredfold increase. God wants you, God is not happy with the 10% growth. God wants you 100% growth. That's what's impressive to him. But one who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and his masters made and his master's, um, hit his master's money. The word money is used there in the ESV. People don't like that. Now, after a long time, the master who, who's, of whose servants came and settled accounts with them, and you had received the five talents, came forward, bringing the five talents, saying, Master, you delivered me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Your increase... Your increase working your talents secures even more. His increase secured him even more responsibility. You've been faithful in the little, I will appoint you over the much. God calls his doubling, his hundred percent increase. God calls little. Do you see that? I mean, he looks at his five talents. He says, his master said, well done. Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. The five talent guy was the most blessed out of the three and God calls his blessings little. And he says, because you were faithful in that little, I will set you over much. Now, if five with a hundred percent increase becomes 10 and God still calls that little, what does God call much? Much can't just be a hundred percent increase on your talents. I mean, much must be much, but many Christians can't deal with other Christians much. Because we stay in this area, we want you to be level with this area. Don't go, you don't go standing out expecting God to, to do certain things. Through. What does God's much look like? No, it's spiritual. Well, if you become more, even if it was spiritual, what do you think will happen? If God begins to put much within you. Because, it, it, I mean, if, if, if the disciples could cast out demons and d- do the stuff they did, and Paul could put handkerchiefs, could touch his body and heal sick people, Paul's body, handkerchiefs that, was, that he prayed over could be put on people's bodies and they heal. What do you think will happen if God blesses you with much, if you want to call it spiritual? You're still going to stand out. There's no way you can just be normal when God begins to bless you. But the story is about God celebrating increase. God wants increase in our lives. And I'm not talking about finances and I'm not saying to you that God wants you to take your salary and double it in the next year. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that even though it's not just spiritual things, but it is life and that God wants your life to produce fruit. And that God is not happy with this year as I stopped cursing. If, that, if you think that's the fruit that God is after, that in one year, 2023, the best thing that you could do by the end of the year is go like, at least I stopped cursing. Both you and Jesus will be quiet for like five minutes as his mouth hangs open. <laughs> that it? What level of talents do you think you're performing at if that's what you've done? Where are you going with your life? God wants much fruit to come out of your life. we go back to, now he goes on, he, he takes the poor little guy who had one talent, which, which in this story that Jesus is telling us, his story, the talent is money. He goes to the guy who had the least. In other words, the one that has an opinion about everything. And he takes the little that he had, he takes it from him. And he gives it to the guy that has the much. I don't want to be in the category of the little guy. I'd rather not be there because the little I have, I'll lose too. Why do you think he lost the little he had? Because of his mindset. His mindset was the problem. Because he said, I thought that you are a shrewd man. I'm going to read it to you so that I don't make you don't think I'm making this up. He said, Master, he also had received one talent and came forward and said, Master, I knew, I know. It says thinking. I think in another translation, I thought. Uh, I knew you to be a hard man. That's his thinking. Reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. This is his truth. This is this man's understanding of the world. He says, I know, I know you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you did not scatter. So I was afraid. This is telling him what he thinks. He's saying, he's in prayer saying, this is what I'm thinking. I was afraid I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master's answer, you wicked and slothful servant, slothful, lazy. He says, you knew these things and you did that. He, so, okay, let's go back to John. I am the true vine. My father's the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Pruning is not bad. It makes you better. In God's kingdom, if you are not part of God's kingdom, none of this makes any sense. If you are not part of God's kingdom, none of this has any bearing on you. You just do your thing. You, you are alive, dead. You're going through life, but dead. But if you are in God, you are subject because it's not when I'm in God's kingdom, I'm subject to God's kingdom's rules because that's the truth. When I'm alive, the truth of God's kingdom is the truth. That's the way God, not God does it. That's the way the universe does it because God is truth and the universe exists within God. God is truth. That's the way it works, right? Outside of this, I ignore how it works. I get by, by doing anything I want, and it has no bearing. Sometimes it has results. Sometimes it, Because you get a lot of people that are not Christians, that are super broke, and super rich. So it's regardless. You just do your thing. Super confused about identity. Super confused about their sexuality. They just do their thing. Then in God, inside God's kingdom, you have no choice because you signed up to be subject to how God does the thing, right? So you're in God's kingdom. In God's kingdom, he's saying to you that if you bear fruit, I want you to bear more. It's an invitation to more. So if he wants me to bear more, how do I bear more? He says, by pruning. Watch, you are already clean. He said, hear the words, while every branch that does Bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be more fruitful. Then he goes on verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. So some suggest that pruning is God speaking. How does God speak to us? Hmm. Would you consider this morning God speaking to you? Let me help you because we wanted to really just be honest with yourself. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything with me. But if you come to church and there's a preacher speaking and you don't consider that God speaking, why do you come to church? The preacher is not by no means God. Don't be confused. It's not what I'm saying. But if then I am appointed because God says he will put in the church according to his own liking, whoever he wants to put in church, first apostles, second prophets, third, uh, etc. So if the preacher then speaks, do you consider that speech a possibility that God is speaking to you? Because that's preaching is the, the thing that belongs to the church. Preaching is a vehicle through which God makes known his truths. Prayer is not the vehicle. Prayer is something that you do in your prayer closet. God speaks to you. But teaching and training happens within the church and the context of the church. Do you consider God speaking to you? So he says, you are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Today we are here sitting around the word of God. And you are hearing the word of God. Now if the word of God then is an effect in your life, this is what is supposed to be pruning. This is how God cuts away. This is how God pruning means to cut away. If you are fruitful, you come to church you hear the word of God and mentalities are shifted even more so that you can be more fruitful. This is what the scripture is saying. He is saying God, God doesn't smack you so that you can be more fruitful. God doesn't break your arm to make you more fruitful. He doesn't walk, cause you to walk through a, cupboard, a house and bump your head on a cupboard and go like, when you do that, go like, why did that happen? Jesus goes, it's because you are not good enough. I want you to bear more fruit. That's not how Jesus gets you to bear more fruit. He brings the truth of God's word that replaces the falseness in your life. So the story of the talents, the five guys, the five talent guy took the talent, made more, God comes to him and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, you've been faithful in the little, I'll appoint you over the much. What does that guy leave with? Some would say the money. I would say with the revelation, the, okay, so if I was faithful in the little, this is what happens. How do you think he deals with the next batch? The guy who had one talent also got pruned. He didn't get cut off. He t- I don't think he got cut off. I think, I, how does he leave? He says, if you know that this is the kind of man that I am, how would you then handle the talent that way? Take what is his and give it to someone else. That's pruning. He leaves with the understanding. Okay, so the next time... I get a one talent opportunity. I shouldn't hide it. I should rather work it because he's going to be upset that I did nothing with it. His mindset has shifted. I'll give you another example. Here you have Peter, uh, Peter standing with Jesus. Peter says to Jesus, you are the son of the living God. Jesus says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven made this revelation to you. Peter goes like, yes. Jesus, Jesus gave him a compliment. He's like, well done, Peter. Nice. John goes like, (laughs) goes, well done. Jesus says, my time is coming close that I have to be taken away. Peter goes, that won't happen on my watch. Jesus says, oh no, you missed it. Satan get behind me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but things of the flesh. Peter goes like, whoa. I didn't see that coming. Satan. So when I think that way, because now in one hand I'm helping God because I have a revelation of his, and when I do it this way, he thinks I'm Satan. What happens the next time Peter gets an idea? He slows down. So when we come to the, the, let me finish reading the scripture. Remain, because of the word I was spoken to you, remain in me, As I remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Don't confuse the two. You are not the source. I am. That's what God says. You are the branch. I'm the source. You are not the source and I'm a branch. Some people confuse their prayer life thinking that Jesus is the branch that bears your prayer fruit. You are the vine that gets the idea. Jesus is the branch that just hangs the fruit for you there. Don't confuse it to you. He says, I am the vine. I determine what I get up in me and put in you. I put the talents in you. I put the substance in you. What you, your job is to bear fruit because of what I put in you. The source is not the problem. It's your carryability. That's the problem. Don't get it confused i am the vine you are the branches the branches is it's the vines will that the the vine in itself has the ability to get the fruit but it's god's design that you become the vehicle to carry the fruit you are the branch in the vine now when this vine has branches just growing where because it's a creeping thing vines it's a creeping thing and it creeps, it, it attaches itself to its surroundings. You'll see it on the soil and over the hills and on the rocks, it attaches us. Our lives gets attached to things very quickly and we, we then lose the ability to carry the fruit that we should. God says those branches that carry no fruit gets cut off so that it doesn't go there. And if you're not pruned, the fruit that is in your life will never come to its maturity in you. It will never carry big clusters of dra- grapes that comes to its maturity to produce the good wine. God says, I have to prune you. So in other words, I have to keep you in line. When you have one truth, you get saved. Let me make it practical. I'm rushing. When you get saved, you get into church. The pastor says, you are now a child of God. You you are now a child of God and God lives in you. You go home with this idea that God lives in me, right? Now you're at home and you have a problem. And you tell this problem, now go away because God is in me. Problem doesn't go anyway. You're carrying fruit, but you have a limited mindset. So God is teaching you what that means in the next step. Now you you have to get baptized. You need to get the Holy Spirit in you. You, Then you need to do this. And then you grow as you learn the Word of God. And as you mature, God is producing more fruit in your life. For that reason, Mm -hmm. when I'm up here, when we had a church with 10 people, I could speak in front of 10 people. And if one person looked at me funny, my whole sermon was lost. Now we can have a whole church full of people and all of you look at me funny and I'm still gonna preach my same message. Because over time, God has taught me how to deal with certain things He and we produce fruit. This church this year has 760 something people got baptized, the year before maybe less, the year before maybe less and every year God is dealing with us through new things and cutting away old understandings and, 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 and moving us forward so we get better at what we do. God is pretty, it's an invitation to do better. This is what God wants. He says, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branch. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. If you remain in me. So many people come to the church. If you remain in me, come to the church. Your a message, goes outside and misunderstands the message, and then tries to have God do certain things for them and never have the result. His word needs to be in you. You have to remain in him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land this airplane right here. Maybe I'll continue on the same topic tonight. The point is, God wants more from you. If you're a Christian, God is not happy with you just tuning in on a Sunday for one service. If you think that's Christianity, Christianity is not a hobby. You don't show up to church just for half an hour and think that Jesus goes like, wow, super happy with you. He wants fruit. Jesus wants results. He wants your life to be out there, a light in the world and a contrast to the world. He looks at you. He wants more from you. He wants fruit. And it, the moment he begins to see fruit, he begins to cut away branches. That's not bearing fruit. Understandings that are wrong. Things that you're saying that doesn't make sense. Teachings you have that you got grown, grew up with that's not God. And it doesn't hurt. It makes you better. It makes, thank you, yes, it makes you better. When God begins to work in your life, it makes you better. You become a better husband, you become a better wife. You Become a better child to your parents, you become better parents to your children. When God begins to cut away, you become more fruitful. Who gets the glory? God. I think the church is filled with people who are happy with producing half, what do you call it, grapes, um, clusters, not full grown clusters of grape. It looks like a grape, not much. I'll say one last thing. Jesus is an expert in wine and it's quite unfair. He goes to this wedding. They run out of wine. He goes, go get me water. Bring me pots. Brings him the clay pots. He begins to pour. And out of the pots comes the best wine. Now I'm no wine expert, but I do know this. It'll take you at least six years to get a good bottle of wine, at least. It'll take you about six years from getting the vine to produce the grape and the grape to produce the grape. So Jesus can make wine and he removes time out of the equation. When he did that miracle, he removed time. Wine, just like that. You can have the results when you're in Jesus like that, or you can strive by yourself trying to replicate the same thing. Don't do that, it's not how God wants to do it. Make sense? It's not how you feel, how you see the... Jesus doesn't care how you seal the world because you're supposed to die. Yes, this is how I was born. Jesus doesn't care. That's why you're born again. Yeah, but this is me. Yeah, no, that goes to hell. You have to be born again. He is a holy God. What do you think that means? It means He chooses what he likes or dislikes. You don't. He accepts me as I am. No, he doesn't. Now, where in the Bible does he say that? Where in the Bible does he say, just come as you are? He says, no, be transformed by the renew of your mind. No, no, no. Put off the old man. Put off the old man. Put on the new man. The new has come, the old has passed. This is you recognizing. I don't want to serve him or I want to pretend serve him. Either you want attention or you want Jesus. That's what it is. If you don't like it, don't sue me. It's in his word, it's not me. Let me pray. Father, I pray for this church. Help us bear fruit. Not pretend fruit, real fruit. Fruit that pleases you. Not the fruit that the world says is fruit. The fruit that you say is fruit fruit that pleases you, when you walk through the vine, that you would say, well done, good and faithful servant. We want you. You are the source of our lives. Fill it with your glory. Fill it with your presence. Come and shape our understanding. Cut away what is nonsense. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Amen.